It is episode nine of Barefoot and Bearded. I'm your host, Joel Robinson. This episode, I'm going to focus on some challenges in my life. I am living with my wife and daughter here in East Orange, east of Cannon Street, off of Santiago Canyon Road in Southern California. And it's not my favorite place to live. I, I do love the city of Orange. I, I've especially learned to appreciate it more as an adult. Um, there's a lot of special things about the city of Orange. But the neighborhood that I live in, uh, it's a late 1970s tract homes, and it's not designed necessarily for environmental sustainability or it's not really in harmony with um, the local natural areas uh, but uh, it's where my mom lives and uh, it's where I grew up for an, a good chunk of my life and uh, I can't afford rent um, anywhere else right now because everywhere is just so incredibly expensive so here I am and uh, making the most of it and there's a lot of really cool places natural and cultural landmarks uh here and there that uh some of which i've found about found out about more recently <clears throat> and um but i was living in silverado with my wife and daughter for nine and a half years and one of the reasons, there were many reasons to move out there, but one was uh, I suffer from anxiety. I am an introvert, um, trying my hardest to be an extrovert for just to navigate the career of being a naturalist and engaging the public and organizing, building community, that sort of thing. Um, but really, I'm an introvert and, and dealing with uh, other people on a regular basis can be quite exhausting for me. And uh, on top of that, uh, Silverado was a, where, where we were in Silverado and Lad Canyon was a real quiet place surrounded by the Cleveland National Forest. And uh, we were just three houses away from the forest boundary. It was uh, a place where there was a, a creek that flowed and it was actually quieter than most campgrounds I've stayed at. Car camping, that is, not backpacking campgrounds. Uh, and, uh, you know, there'd be deer walking by and foxes and bobcats and chirping crickets at night and owls and frogs. And we had chickens and it was quite a little slice of paradise. And I really appreciated it. And it was a relief from the noise and confusion that uh, is a major source or trigger for my anxiety. Now, obviously, I have the power and the choice to um, judge different situations that I'm in in a positive, negative way or avoid judging them altogether. So I'm working on that. And we have these mindfulness walks uh, try to have them once a month. Uh, we're planning another one for December. The last one went really well. And uh, I'm always rejuvenated when I do them. It's great to 
be with other people and reinforce the concept that if we stay present and mindful of our immediate environment and the people we're with and, and appreciate all of that and don't start into that downward spiral um, living inside our heads. Um, uh, a recent participant, Mary, on our last mindfulness walk called it monkey brain, which I, I suffer from. Anyway, um, I'm, try I'm trying my best to practice that mindfulness, and, and it is true a true test when I'm in an environment that uh, is not the most comfortable uh, for for how I live my life. Uh, and and qu there's quite a bit of obstacles that um, that I'm going to focus on today. And uh, one of one of which being, and this is this is, if you know me, you've known that I'm not a fan of these and haven't been for a long time, uh, is uh, uh, well, are the leaf blowers. And uh, I don't know if any of you suffer from anxiety, uh, you're stressed out in your life, but uh, I figure if you are, then every now and again you want some peace and quiet, right? You just want to relax without being. Uh, interrupted, uh, in, intruded upon by obnoxious, loud noises. And uh, yet, even though a lot of us, as far as I can tell, in our urban society are stressed out, full of anxiety, um, suffering from all sorts of health issues and whatnot, I'm, uh, yet we, it's it's self-inflicted suffering, I suppose, that um, we have all these choices on how we manage our landscapes, how we manage our lives, and yet we do things that literally drive ourselves and other people crazy. And leaf blowers are a perfect example of this. It's a noisy device, uh, and I don't know, if you're a fan of a leaf blower, um, kudos to you, um, but I would imagine that most people don't appreciate them especially when they're not the ones using them. It's one of those things where uh, it's, it's like if you're, you're using the bandsaw at 3 in the morning because you want to finish a project, you know, you're not bothered by it. But the, all the other people who are trying to sleep are definitely 100% bothered by the noisy sound of the saw cutting through wood at 3 in the morning. Leaf blowers uh, don't bother the perpetrators at all, of course, because they're doing a job, right? And and the people who are paying these folks to do these jobs, they don't mind either because they're getting uh, a result, a service provided. But then everybody else has to suffer through it. And But then if you were actually a, those who are perpetrating it, those who are paying for it, those who are actually doing the labor themselves, out of all the things in the world that these people would um, could could be doing with their time. Uh, it's it's amazing that we chose to invest money and resources and manual labor in something that really accomplishes very little, uh, and and in fact causes a lot of problems, impacts, and uh, I mean, the noise is just the most uh, noticeable of the negative impacts. The constant, I mean, it, it's just, you know, the way it goes, you know, and I've, there's, <laughs> there's a few contractors that do this in our neighborhood. And even when I was in Silverado, there was a lady who moved all the way up to this rural area under a bunch of oak trees and couldn't handle the fact that the oaks dropped leaves on her 
deck all the time. And so she had to constantly, very early in the morning, use a leaf blower for in excess of a half an hour, an hour, hour and a half, trying to get every single one of these leaves off of her wooden deck. Now, why she moved to a quiet, peaceful, natural canyon uh, is beyond me. Maybe she appreciated the view. Maybe she wanted to get away from something. But if that's the case, then why disrupt all of that uh, by using this blower? Now, granted, hers was, I think hers was electric, but it was still horribly noisy. Um, so she wasn't spewing out exhaust, I guess. So um, trying to look at the positives. But um, there was really nothing else making noises out there, at least artificial, obnoxious noises like that, uh, mechanical noises. Everything else was bird songs and breeze going through the leaves or whatever. And then she would inflict that torturous noise upon the entire canyon, and it would just reverberate everywhere because of the steep canyon walls. And this would be on Sunday morning. This would be on any given morning and, um, you know, very early in the morning. And it's the same with the contractors here in, in East Orange. And I'm just confused by the fact that we do this to ourselves, uh, not just because of the noise, but because uh, the gas ones, which are the ones that are primarily used because they're the strongest and uh, they last a long time or whatever, um, they spew out horrible exhaust, uh, kick up all sorts of particulates and dust into the air. And last time I checked, asthma and allergies and sensitivities to changes in air quality are, are a major problem for a lot of people, especially in the urban areas. And yet they're doing that. And on top of that, they're blowing away all the matter that would um, protect the soil from the sun and allow a soil to over time through decompose, you know, decomposition, um, become nutrient rich and support the very plants that are trying to grow and live there and, and keeps the moisture in the soil, keeps the particulates out of the air. And yet you have these people going around and blowing all that the nutrients away and, and sending them off to the landfill, uh, which again, isn't this crazy? Am I the only one who recognizes the fact that if we want a healthy garden in our front or backyard, that we need leaves, and it's a free service that all the plants and trees provide? They drop these leaves, and not only does it um, you know, benefit us in terms of uh, having a high-quality soil, but it in turn allows these very plants to survive long-term and not to get horrible diseases and everything like that. And yet, we're blowing all these leaves away, this natural process that's been going on way, way, way before leaf blowers ever were invented or asphalt was laid down all over the world. And yet we're doing it, this noise, every morning, all over the city, all over the countryside, uh, and it's not just leaf blowers, it's lawn blowers, it's weed whips or, or strimmers or whatever you want to call them. I mean, just all these noisy devices to basically treat our landscape horribly and, and then give somebody job security, right? As long as, we're, and, and while we're just wasting money and wasting resources and polluting the air in the process. So I'm trying to figure out what would be the most effective way 
to phase out these products uh, sooner than later. So everybody, not just me, but everybody can benefit from better air quality, uh, healthier landscapes, uh, peace and quiet, better habitat for wildlife. All, the, all, all these things that everybody seems to want, and yet we continue to do things to ourselves that contradict uh, that, that goal, that, that wish that we all have to have just, just a bit of peace and quiet, just to, just to relax for a bit. You know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost at a loss. It's, it's, I, the, the, the contractors who do this work, I've talked to some of them and they, you know, they have excuses like, well, we have so many jobs to do and this is the fastest way. And, or, well, it's not up to me. It's up to the person who's paying me to do this work and whatever. And so I talked to, you know, if I could find a neighbor who actually comes out of their house at any time, which is almost impossible in the suburbs of today to even socialize with your neighbors. Um, you know, I try to talk to these people and, and they throw it back on the contract. Oh, well, they need to do that. And that's the most effective way. And, and it's, it, you know, it just goes back and forth or, or, well, I, I don't want the leaves on my lawn or, or whatever. It's like, why do we even have lawns? Why are we wasting water on something that provides little to no value for anybody? If I saw people utilizing their lawns in their front yard ever in this neighborhood that I'm living in, I'd say, oh, yeah, of course, you need to maintain that. But they don't. You know, if you're wa going to water something and mow something and blow the leaves off something, you would think it would support you with some food or support other wildlife, with uh, habitat for nesting or, or food for them or, or whatever, shelter. Yet, yet it's just like the most pointless um, uh, sort of way of managing any sort of <laughs> landscape here. And, and they're losing money in the process. It's like, it's, if this was something that people did that didn't cost money, I'd say, oh, well, you know, well, you know obviously it's ingrained in our culture and it's, um, it's going to take a while to figure out a new way to, but people are losing money, money that they say they don't have. And yet they're still doing this. And, and if somebody doesn't blow the leaves off their yard or, or mow their grass or whatever, then somebody calls code enforcement on them and they're threatened with fines or even jail time if they don't do what everybody else expects of them, which is, again, uh, inconsiderate to say the least. And, and why can't we just talk to each other versus call the government and, and have, you know, employees come to our house and leave these letters that, you know, basically tells us to do something that we don't necessarily even understand why we're doing it in the first place. So I know this is a big old rant, and, um, but I'm just trying to figure out what to do because people, some cities ban leaf blowers or other noisy equipment or whatever and have um, ordinances about decibel levels and everything. But obviously we live in a world today, at least in this Western industrial culture where you know, if there's a law, then more people are inspired to break it. And no matter, you know, no matter how much it harms the environment or other people or animals or anything. And so if anything, I don't want people to go against the law out of spite. I'd want people to actually be interested in doing this just for the sake of, you know, 
relieving their own anxiety and stress and saving money and, and just preserving the peace and quiet of their neighborhood. But now that I've laid all this out for you, and uh, who knows if you wanted to hear this sort of rant today, um, I'm asking you, you know, uh, asking all of us who might be listening, followers of Naturalist for You, friends, family, whoever is out there, how can we work together to preserve natural silence? What, what can we do? How are we going to work with contractors? If we're not doing our own landscape maintenance, how are we going to talk to each other in a civil way so we can actually, well, if for nobody else's sake, for my sake, because I'm ready to strangle some people. No, not really. I'm not, I'm not going to strangle anyone, but it's just, I am so tired of, of this noise and, and all the noises. I mean, I sleep outside. Uh, and I've been doing it for a long time, and uh, and it's just incredible that the only way you can get any peace and quiet uh, in in where you live at at your sanctuary, right, the one place where you you can be yourself if nowhere else, is if you shut all the windows, shut all the doors. You might even have to put on like uh, um, what are those earmuffs or some some electronic device that prevents noise from getting into your ears versus uh, being able to go outside and enjoy the quiet because everybody's being considerate of each other. What, what is that such a complicated thing? I don't fully understand why we'd rather suffer. I mean, and, and then you have all these other illnesses and, and problems that come from staying inside all the time. You're not getting enough sunlight. Your eyesight goes bad. You're breathing in this polluted air inside your house. Um, you're not getting enough exercise. Uh, and the list goes on and on. And, and, and the one thing that will make us feel better is going outside and having peace and quiet. And yet we're not allowing ourselves to have that. Why? Why are we not allowing ourselves to have that? I can't figure it out. But uh, that's where we're at, right? And I have to accept that and, and be, be happy that I'm alive and have a wife and a daughter and, and can do all these wonderful things uh, as a part of Naturalist for You and beyond. And um, Southern California is amazing. It's, it's warm and sunny on a uh, mid-November day where <laughs> as other people are freezing their butts off. So I get it, you know. Yes, I'm complaining. Yes, I'm spending time complaining about this in, in what sounds like a negative frame of mind. But at the same time, I recognize that I'm not the only one who's suffering. And it is difficult to function emotionally and physically if you're constantly subjected to this noise, uh, along with the physical impacts of the air pollution involved and the indirect impacts of how the ecosystem starts degrading and the plants and trees and birds and everything just start dying or leaving because we don't treat our landscape with any sort of respect. And so whether we have a positive attitude about it or not, or, or are able to just treat it all without any judgment whatsoever, it still affects us. And I want to be a functional human being in my community. I want to be of service to everybody. 
But if I'm in a bad mood or, or physically unable to do certain things because I'm so uncomfortable or unhealthy, um, that then then our community fails, right? Uh, and all the niches that we want to fulfill in our lives aren't able to be accomplished because it compounds itself. It's like I haven't even pointed out all the other things that we're doing to ourselves, which I could go on and on about. So uh, in any case, leaf blowers. We got to get rid of these things and and just use rakes and brooms and, and or just leave the leaves where they are and convince our cities and our neighborhoods to um, just leave these landscapes alone for the sake of everyone, for the sake of all the crazy naturalists, all few of us, <laughs> we're not, I know we're a minority, but uh, especially in orange, but uh, in any case, uh, we, <laughs> I hope that I'm appreciated here in this city uh, enough so that people might consider my health and my mental stability when it comes to how they treat uh, their landscape and their their you know and and their neighborhood which we share together so I don't know now that I got that off that my chest <sighs> I'm just gonna breathe deep and move on and uh, for the last nine minutes or so um, I was thinking well, December is wide open. There's a, I'm planning to do another mindfulness walk, like I said earlier. Um, that'll probably be mid, early to mid-December, uh, and uh, that'll be at Santiago Park, as usual. Um, but uh, I know a lot of you out there are interested in foraging, and so I was thinking of uh, doing another foraging experience um, at, and I had a suggestion for Huntington Central Park, um, thanks to Lizzie, who's out there. And um, so that, as soon as I find out when she's available, um, I'll put that on the calendar as well. And if you have other suggestions, requests for what you um, want to see on our calendar, uh, obviously there's a lots of different things we can do together to appreciate our local natural and cultural history throughout Southern California and beyond. And so I'm really putting it out there as usual, waiting for you to come back to me with dates and times. And, and if you don't know of a location that would be appropriate for what you want to do, we can figure that out. Uh, we have a lot of talented, passionate people who, uh, who have a lot of experience exploring Southern California and beyond. And so we could come up with a location, uh, and there's so many different themes from birding to tracking to living history reenactment, storytelling, music outside, all sorts of things. Uh, but whatever we do, we're going to be considerate of others, respect each other, and only do what's appropriate within any given space so people can have their sanity, right? Because that's what we all want. We want sanity. We want to be healthy. We want to be productive. We want to be happy as much as we can. Not that other types of emotions are bad. I mean, they're, they're, it all all adds to a stimulating life, doesn't it? And contrast, I, I think for me, contrast and diversity, uh, whether it's, you know, it could be all over the place in terms of the emotional spectrum, I do appreciate that. And uh, I hope you do too. So I'm gonna leave you with that. And 
I think I'll just cut it off right here since I have nothing more to say. It's been nice talking with you. I hope to see you on the trail real soon. Again, this is Joel Robinson with the Barefoot and Bearded podcast. Thank you for listening.